Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this how-to and issues episode, you will learn how to cooperate and allow the comforter to heal your emotional issues. We will look at the role of the comforter and how to find the peace that surpasses understanding that is promised in the Bible. We will look at the spiritual power of forgiveness and why and how it works to release you from emotional pains. And then the comforter will walk through the steps that move you to that peaceful release directly in our encountering experience. The comforter in the Bible is parakletos. It means coming to one's aid, encouragement, exhortation, joy, gladness, consolidation, and comfort. God is close beside you, directly, and intimately with you. It was the name that Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit when he promised to send him to us. In John 14, 16, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. The comforter's job is to heal the wounded heart, to move you from the emotions of the world to the kingdom emotions that the Lord has for you by his power. Listen to this list of words that describe a broken heart. Make a note of those for which you see in yourself. The ones you connect with in the broken heart category are clues to what the comforter wants to heal for you. Broken heart. Angry. Discouraged. Troubled. Distressed. Frustrated. Doubtful. Fearful. Prideful. Oppressed. Sorrowful. Grieved. Helpless. Enraged. Defiled. Traumatized. Rejected. Lonely, dishonored, helpless, anxious. Now let's contrast that with what a healed heart means. Loved, peace, patience, faith, hopeful, forgive, honored, grateful, praise, belief, worship, thankful, goodness, self-control, gentleness, joy, humility, empowered, and calm. If you're personally connecting more with the first broken heart list than you are the second healed heart list, then the Lord has some work that he wants to do in your heart. I remember a time that the comforter showed up in my life. It was when my cat Tazzy was killed by a car. I had lost other pets in my life, and it's never easy, but for some reason, I was not getting over the death of this one. He was my youngest daughter, Noelle's cat, but she had gone off to college and was really special to me. He was an asthmatic, and the vet recommended outdoor exercise because asthmatic house cats usually don't live longer than three years without exercise. We had moved to a house on a 50-mile country road, and for about a year, Tazzy was afraid of the street noise. But he was gaining confidence, and when he didn't come home the night before, I felt in my spirit that he was gone. My husband found him on the road and buried him so I wouldn't have to see him that way. Three days later, I was traveling with my family to celebrate my brother's pinning ceremony for becoming an admiral in the Navy. As usual, my family was playing cards in one of the hotel rooms, and I just wasn't feeling up to participating. I asked the Lord if pets go to heaven, and I waited about five minutes without hearing or seeing anything from the Lord. When I was about to assume that the answer was no, the Lord walked up to me in my special place holding Tazzy. He handed him to me. I could feel his fur 
and hear that his purr was normal, not the gurgling asthmatic purr that was his normal. His crooked tail from a kitten accident was straight, and his name tag had holographic words flashing on it, one at a time. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Then Jesus said, Certain animals are anointed for ministry. You can tell them by their unconditional love. Heaven is full of animals that have served in this way. There are dogs, cats, horses, camels, the, a variety of rare animals here. Tazzy was anointed to serve Noel, and she didn't live there anymore. His ministry was finished. But you can see Tazzy here in your special place whenever you want. That really comforted me, and it still does. I do see Tazzy often in my special place. I even got a visit from my mom's precious dog, Speedo, when he died. He was such a treasure to her. She had predeceased him for nearly three years. I hugged him and told him that he should be with his mommy. I was especially comforted when Jesus said, Oh, your mom wanted you to see him. He'll be back to her when you're finished visiting. Peace is found on the inside, not on the outside. I asked the Lord to help me understand more about the Comforter and what it takes to find him. He showed me a picture of a strong silver cord, like an umbilical cord, leading directly from my heart to his heart. The Lord explained more about this picture. Peace cannot be found by looking at external circumstances. You must tap in to the indwelling Holy Spirit's flow of living water to access it. To meet the Comforter, look for me and your heart. Cry out to me and I will answer. Let me cradle you so that you can hear my heartbeat. Let me kiss you on the forehead and push the hair out of your tear-stained eyes. My heart breaks to see your broken heart. Your heartbreak is a shadow reflection of mine. At the bottom of the verse of my journal at this point was Isaiah 43, 1 and 2, that said, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. Jesus continued, When you feel pain, you are not going through these challenges alone. I am right here. Let my love for you be a healing balm to restore your energy, refill your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual tank for this season of challenge. Remember, you don't get your strength to cope with your challenges from the world. I am the Almighty God. All strength comes from me. You are my beloved child, and I have given you the ability to tap into my endless strength, which carries you through the season. All that I have is yours. I know what you need. I'm more than enough to carry you through anything. The verse at the bottom of this page in my journal was Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Jesus continued, It will still be difficult, but it will not be overwhelming when you tap into the flow of my love and power. Come to me. I'm waiting for you. I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29.11 Let's talk for a moment about the language of the heart. To heal the heart, you must use God's language of the heart 
which connects you to the flow of the Holy Spirit and allows you to see, hear, feel, and sense God. The Lord's language is communicated through pictures, emotions, stories, thoughts, music, and sensations that are consistent with his names, character, and promises. All messages must be tested by the Word of God. Never try to heal your heart apart from Him. You can spend years and even a lifetime trying in your own strength to heal your heart and get nowhere. Jesus can heal your heart in a split second. So it's important to understand the value of going through the healing process with Him. Let's look at three steps that help facilitate all physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual healing. Then we'll apply them specifically to emotional healing issues. For each of these steps, you will invite Jesus to show you what is he doing and how is he doing it, and then learn how to cooperate with him to experience your healing. The first step is to diagnose the problem. To do that, you need to agree with what God says is wrong. The second step is to cleanse your heart and replace it with God's love and truth that will heal the issue. This is your treatment. And the third step is to behave in agreement with God's direction and monitor and maintain your healing. Let's look at them one at a time, generally. Step one, diagnosis. The key action here is to agree with God about what's wrong. If you are unwell physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, you need to understand what's keeping you there. You may be agreeing or accepting as reality something that is untrue. Illness and injury can come from many places. God can and will show you the root cause of your issue and what needs to happen in order for you to heal it. This is how Jesus healed. In John 5.19, he did nothing on his own initiative, but only what he saw and heard the Father doing. So the first step is to acknowledge the problem that the Lord reveals and agree with what he has to say about it. We will always invite Jesus into the situation and ask him to show us what's going on instead of assuming that we know what the source is of our illness. He has a variety of creative ways in order to show you that truth. The second step is to treat and heal. And the key action is cleansing and replacing. This involves inviting Jesus to show you what your healed self would look like. We would visualize Jesus and you and ask him, what is he doing to heal you? Ask Jesus for the conditions that you would need to meet to replace the bad with the good. And God will show you what healing will look like for you. It may require forgiveness or a change in your lifestyle, or it may involve breaking off of a curse from a healing trauma. The conditions of your healing may not be what you expect. God's ways are higher than our ways. Contrary to the thinking of the world, physical illnesses, for example, don't always need a physical intervention. There is an intertwining of physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual issues. An emotional issue may manifest as a physical illness. He will show you or tell you what you need to do to cooperate with the healing. Step number three, receiving and maintaining your healing. The key action is behave in agreement. When you speak and act in agreement with God, you are allowing him to do his part and you are cooperating with your part. This is the active participation that is required and leads to healing. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, do it. 
Faith is not believing when you see it. It's acting as if it already is, and then you see it. To keep your healing, you need to monitor and maintain. The enemy will always try to get you where he got you in the past. So once you're healed, it's important to stay on your toes and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. See 2 Corinthians 2.5. It helps to have Bible verses of truth that can anchor your healing and that you continually memorize and remind yourself, God, and the enemy that you know who you are and that you know who God is and that the previous issues are past and you do not need to take them with you into the future. Now let's look at these three steps as they relate to healing emotional wounds with the comforter. Step one, agree with God. Light casts out darkness. Darkness cannot be pushed away, can only be cast away by light. Darkness cannot fight light. There's no battle here. Light simply and easily casts out darkness. Acts 26, 16 to 18 says, Get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you to serve as a minister and as a witness, to testify with authority, not only to the things which you have seen, but also to the things in which I will appear to you, choosing you for myself and rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their spiritual eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness and release from their sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified, set apart, made holy by faith in me. Jesus is the light of the world. Allow him to shine the light that casts out darkness. Having Jesus point out the darkness in your heart is the first step to agreeing with him for the truth that will set you free. Light needs to shine on the root cause of your pain so that you may see it clearly and allow Jesus to step in and heal it with you. Sometimes you know the issue, but you don't know what to do about it because you've tried in your flesh to take care of it so many times. Like in the case of a specific traumatic incident that brings pain and grows more intense as time passes. Agree with God not only that the issue needs to be taken care of, but that he is the one with the power to take care of it. Sometimes you don't know the issue. Jesus knows the root cause, and in some cases you don't even consciously realize it yourself. It's buried deep within your heart. The good news is that nothing is hidden from the Comforter. He has been with you every moment of your life, and he knows exactly what your issues are and exactly how to take care of them. Step two, cleanse and replace. This treatment involves seeing Jesus in three ways. We want to see Jesus and connect with him in these three ways to encounter the Comforter. Each one has an important piece of the healing puzzle. The first is that you see Jesus in you. The second is to see Jesus with you. And the third is to see yourself in Jesus. Let's look at each one. To see Jesus in you, you need to connect inside. Ephesians 3, 16 to 19 says, May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit, himself dwelling in your innermost being and personality. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, and make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what is the breadth and length and height and depth of it, 
that you may really come to know practically through experience yourself the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through your being into the all fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. This part is about knowing and tapping into the inward power and strength of the Holy Spirit to heal you. It's the letting go of striving to fix things on your own and resting in the truth that the power to fix things comes from him. It is his power you're accessing. Number two, seeing Jesus with you. Realize that you are doing this together. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, For I am persuaded beyond doubt, I am absolutely sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things impending and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There are 18 Bible verses that promise that God will never leave or forsake you. The key lesson here is realizing that healing is a partnership. You and Jesus are a team. He will always be with you. He will never leave or forsake you. See Jesus and you partnered in the process of healing. Just knowing he is with you changes your perspective on your circumstances. When you do your healing encounters, visualize you and God unified doing it together. And the third way is that you are in Jesus, releasing the power of the Holy Spirit to heal you. Romans 13, 14 says, But clothe yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and make no provision for indulging the flesh, but put a stop to thinking about evil cravings of your physical nature to gratify its desires and lusts. To clothe yourself with the Lord is literally to see yourself in his skin, superimposed over you as one, so that you may see through his eyes, hear with his ears, think his thoughts, feel his feelings. And we learned that this is the true spiritual positioning of a born-again believer. You are already in Christ. This is the actual true spiritual reality as part of what was accomplished by Jesus on the cross. When the Heavenly Father looks at you, he cannot see your sin or your imperfections. Instead, he sees Jesus' perfection covering you like a garment. Seeing yourself unified in Christ immediately reframes your circumstances. When you can agree with that reality enough to see it and feel it and sense it, it has the power to change your mindset. When your mind has changed, your behavior, and even your body changes at the cellular level. To catch up to this reality, the Lord spoke to me about something he calls switches. If seeing this truth is difficult for you, here are some switches tips that the Lord has given you to help you switch from thinking of you and Jesus as separate entities to seeing yourself unified with Christ in Christ. Jesus said, breathe. Breathing helps you sense the heart posture of being in me. Breathe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Breathe out all things self. Breathe in my peace. Breathe out your fears or anxieties. Breathe in my healing. Breathe out your sickness. Breathe in my wisdom. Breathe out the lies. Breathe in my strength. 
Breathe out your weakness. Breathing also puts your brain in the alpha brainwave, which is the frequency of the language of the heart. Breathe, especially when you find yourself facing challenging circumstances. There's more on the alpha brainwave and the language of the heart in the Experience Jesus episode about the secret power of childlike faith. The second tip he offered as a switch was visualize. He says, visualize me. See me next to you first. Then see me take your hand and pull you into myself. Look at your hands and arms. See a layer of me, my hands and arms over yours. Then pay attention to what you see hear, sense, feel, think in this posture. There's another benefit for seeing and understanding what it means to be in Christ. It's because the posture of releasing God's power is when you are in Christ. John 15, 1-5 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, and takes away. He cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, the teachings that I have discussed with you. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding, being vitally united to the vine, Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bear much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from the vital union with me, you can do nothing. Fruit bearing is the releasing of God's power connected to your calling. This power can be released for yourself, like receiving the faith needed to agree a condition for miraculous healing. And it's for releasing God's power for others, as when you pray for healing and obey the prompting related to your own calling. Step two is the treatment. When you behave in agreement with the healing action of finding forgiveness and cutting ungodly soul ties, you have exercised the treatment process of emotional healing. The term soul tie is not in the Bible, but the principle of it is. Soul ties are linking emotional connections that have spiritual energy that flow between two entities. David and Jonathan had souls that were knit together in brotherly friendship. When a bride and groom are united in marriage, for example, their souls are united by a spiritual covenant. Godly soul ties carry positive spiritual energy. Ungodly soul ties carry negative spiritual energy. The best soul tie you can have would be the one between you and God. You have soul ties connected with every person that you have ever had a sexual encounter with and for everyone who you've ever had a heart-wounding experience with. With many people, you have good and bad ones. Jesus explains soul ties to me in this journal entry. People are unaware of the spiritual realities of their decisions and the power of the spiritual realm. Soul ties can be good or bad. See them as strings or cords connecting you to people or even organizations and entities. Look at them like this. White soul ties are good. Black ones are bad. Both types contain spiritual energy that passes back and forth between people. The open doors of sin and trauma and other heart wounds produce the black ones. 
They grow day by day and if not taken care of can become bitter roots in your heart. Forgiveness and breaking of the contracts with the enemy cut them so they can be removed and then make room for the white ones to grow. Awareness of them is the first step. I shine the light on what needs to be removed or forgiven. Cutting them with me is important. You cannot cut them in your own strength. You can only do it by my power and with me. Once cut, you are free to behave in agreement with your healing. If two people are holding a string and it's cut, it's cut for both people. When you forgive and cut a negative soul tie, it spiritually releases the other person from that tie as well, whether they realize it or not. While you should not expect to see change in people when you've cut an ungodly soul tie, do not be surprised if they do change because they've also been released of negative spiritual energy. Oftentimes, this is the very open door that allows me to reach their heart. Forgiveness is a key component of the process of healing your heart. This process will include you forgiving the offender, yourself, and God. Whether you are conscious of this or not, there may be a part of you that will find it harder to forgive yourself, even if you are a victim in a circumstance. And being mad at God happens whether you're aware of the feeling or not. It will reveal itself in ways like not trusting authority figures, self-protective actions, and other dysfunctional things creating behavioral patterns that you are unaware you're expressing. It is important for you to understand that people do not need to deserve forgiveness for you to obey the command to forgive. This was not the condition required when Jesus forgave and released you for your sins at the point of salvation. It is not about you feeling forgiveness, and it doesn't mean the person's actions were excusable. It's about obeying the command to forgive. The reason that it's important to forgive an offender is that the ungodly soul tie continually feeds negative spiritual energy into your heart more each day until the issue is healed. To leave such an issue unforgiven is to allow for continued wounding. It's essentially giving the enemy permission to rent territory in your heart and continuing to empower the negative soul tie will wound you more day by day. Do not give the enemy the satisfaction of allowing him to grow your pain. How to Sever Ungodly Soul Ties In all close personal relationships, you have some godly and some ungodly soul ties. As in a spouse or parent-child relationship, there are good and bad times. You only want to cut the black ungodly soul ties so they can make more room for the white ones to grow. Sometimes your tie is with an organization or institution. Perhaps you are from a country that oppressed its people and you needed to leave family behind or became a refugee in a foreign land. Your soul ties with the government that created that circumstance. Or perhaps you were fired and feel it was unwarranted. You may have an issue with the boss or even the company itself. Perhaps you've been offended personally by people of another race and you need to be healed of a bitter root of anger that has grown in your heart to be applied to an entire race of people. I had to address an ungodly soul tie I had with the Catholic Church for things related to my upbringing. Interestingly, the Lord healed that one by placing me to work at Catholic Charities in Cleveland, Ohio. I met so many faith-filled Catholics there that I was able to forgive and release some of the lives I believed in my heart where I had blanketed to include a wide-sweeping generalization that was entirely unwarranted. It's about Jesus giving you his perspective on issues. He knows exactly how to reframe your experiences to make a way for you to find forgiveness. Here's an example of what it looks like to work through 
cutting of ungodly soul ties from a story in my own life. When I was 14 years old, my house was at its maximum tension. I remember my mom and dad having a huge fight downstairs, and we heard violent things getting thrown and broken, lots of screaming. My sister Michelle and I were upstairs doing homework, listening, when we heard somebody coming up the steps. It was my mom. I had a candle that I made in art class burning on my nightstand. She walked into the room, saw that candle, and started screaming at me. Who told you you could burn a candle in this house? You're going to burn down the whole house. Then she came at me and started beating me. Michelle grabbed my mom by the hair to pull her off of me, and that made mom even madder. She went downstairs to bring up something to beat us with, and we escaped out the back balcony. Michelle and I were gone for a couple of nights. When I re-experienced this scene with Jesus... He was sitting with me on the bed while we were listening to mom and dad fighting. Jesus was telling me that he loves me and that mom and dad are just hurting little children and they just didn't really know him yet. They are acting out of their own pain. When my mom came into the room and started yelling at me about the candle, she immediately turned into a four-year-old girl having a tantrum and she was swatting and beating at me with her little arms around my legs. Jesus told me, just pick her up. She just needs love. Give her a hug, he encouraged. At first she struggled, but then she relaxed into the hug and began to sob into my neck. That scene helped me see her as a hurting inner child, and it gave me a new perspective about what she must have been going through when things were so bad for all of us at home. She was just a broken and hurting inner child lashing out of her sadness and weakness and hurt. This picture made me able to forgive her and my dad and myself for that season of my life and gave her grace for making the mistakes that she made while parenting me. That was definitely a healing experience. This reframing helped me prepare my heart to cut the soul ties that had created distancing with my mother to that day. In my special place, the Lord took me to a place where I saw myself standing in front of my mother with the white and the black soul tie cords connecting my heart and hers. The black cords had words on them like neglect, hurt, unforgiveness, rejection. Jesus was standing next to me, and at our feet were a pile of tools for cutting. They were things like scissors, a machete, an axe, and a chainsaw. Jesus reached his hand to me and pulled me into his skin until the two of us were in one body. One by one, we reached down, picked up a tool appropriate for the thickness of the issue we needed to cut together, and then speaking in one voice, we said, I confess and I repent of the sin of believing the lies of rejection or pain or whichever one it was. With my mother, I repent of the anger against myself, my mother, and you, God, for allowing this to happen to me. And I forgive my mom, myself, and you, Lord, for any anger and resentment that I have for you allowing this to happen in my life. And then I saw myself standing with Jesus, and the two of us picked up one tool at a time, and we cut the soul ties, one issue at a time. Speaking out loud with this commanding voice, I sever the ungodly soul tie for this issue and that issue by the power that raised Jesus from the dead and then see the tie getting severed and feel the release of the, of the soul tie getting cut. When all the black 
ties were cut. The Lord showed me a picture of the healing of my heart. He showed me the healing of the torn and broken parts of my soul that had been affected by this ungodly soul tie, becoming new and clean and pure, better than new. He was restoring my soul with his healing power. And then I thanked him for what we had accomplished together. I instantly had a new heart attitude toward my mom that improved my relationship with her for the rest of my life. To summarize the steps that were just taken by the story example, when I tuned into my heart to connect with the indwelling Jesus, the Lord shined a light on an issue in my heart that was negatively affecting my relationship with my mother. It caused a distancing and emotional protective behaviors resulted. Jesus showed me that he was with me by taking me to the scene from my past and shared his perspective on the circumstance, which reframed my understanding of my mom. This godly perspective softened my heart and led me to find forgiveness and release the pain. Then Jesus helped me visualize myself in him and together we cut the soul ties one at a time. And as the negative energy was cut for me, it was also cut for her as well. You know this has truly worked in your heart when you encounter this person again, and the new memory you had with Jesus helps you change your response. Even if the person behaves similarly as they would have before, it will not be attached with the same level of pain. Instead of piling on more pain in this new experience, there is understanding. You remember without the pain associated with that memory. The full process for finding healing for each of the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual prayer categories are explained in the Encountering the Healing of God book, and the prayers can be worked out one at a time by following the steps in the How to Encounter the Healing of God prayer process workbook. Both can be purchased in the bookstore link found at the pattyej.podbean.com site. Let's talk about silver linings. After completing this process, you are in a better place to ask the Lord to give you even more perspective on your past circumstances. Your emotions are guided by the pictures for which you fix your eyes. The Lord has given you some new pictures in this new experience. Allowing Jesus to give you new pictures will change your perspective. What gifts have the challenges in your life actually produced? What lessons have you learned that can be shared with others? Thank him for your trials and even for the pain because you have been healed with stronger material. Jesus knows your silver linings. He has allowed challenges in your life to grow you in perseverance and to make you stronger. Jesus said, people often ask me, why did this happen to me? This is the wrong question. The question I would like you to ask when you face challenges and even trauma is who is my God in this circumstance? When you fix your eyes on me, I will show you the silver linings. Okay, it's time for you to encounter the comforter. In today's encounter, we're really just going to do a creative exercise where you have a fun yet um, revealing experience with Jesus on a swing together where he will shine a light on an issue that he would like to talk to you about more in your heart that he'd love to heal. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. 
This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. I like to call this one swinging with the comforter. So after you have met with Jesus in the special place and you have played with him for a few minutes, he will take you to a giant swing. Jesus will sit on the swing and you will climb on his lap so that you can put your head on his chest, hugging him. And he will swing back and forth, very high swing. I want you to notice the gentle breeze as you're going back and forth and allowing the swing to regulate your breathing in and out. Pay attention to his heartbeat as your head rests on his chest. And then allow Jesus to speak to you about your emotional needs and the areas for which he would like to heal you. Just be in receive mode. Do not feel like you need to do anything else other than to be with him and listen to what he has to say to you. Jesus will show you not only what area he wants to heal, but the benefits of what your life would look like the issue is taken care of. So take as long as you need and make sure you record everything you're experiencing in your journal. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.